0: Guys, welcome to the Hunters Quest podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. It's great to be with you. It's been a while since I've done one of these intros in my uh, episodes, um, but things have been kind of crazy around here. Uh, between you know finishing up uh, producing the first season of the show, I just uh, had my third child about a week ago, um, which has been great. Everybody's healthy. Mom and baby are healthy and happy, and we're blessed to have another baby boy in the family. So. Stoked about that, and uh, leaving for Alaska in just under three weeks here, Um, hopefully for some caribou redemption, and I'm super excited about it, so um, I've been able to keep the podcast rolling, but the intros haven't been there, so I hope you guys are doing well, Um, thank you for those of you who have been listening for a long time, welcome if you're new, Um, hope you guys. Have been enjoying some of the different topics I've been dropping out there and stuff. Um, you know, um, we're still going to always remain true to the, to the main focus of the podcast, which of course is hunting and spiritual formation. And sometimes we talk about fitness a little bit, although we haven't as much lately. Um, but uh, yeah, um, looking forward to a great upcoming season. I hope you guys are too. It is August, so there's already some hunting seasons kicking off around the country, which is super cool. Uh you know, my buddies out in Pacific Northwest are out bear hunting now, the PN wild guys and other friends out there. So if you are hunting or gearing up, I wish you the best. It's an exciting time of year. You know, you can see the first signs of fall starting to hit you can see some acorns hitting the ground you can see some uh pine cones torn up by squirrels at least where i am uh which whenever i see pine cones uh demolished by squirrels laying around the ground i know like we're getting close so uh, i'm super excited i've been uh, learn how to elk call. Update on that. Um, I, I I can actually make a decent sounding bugle now, um, and uh, my cow call is sounding really good. I, I would uh, I'd show you guys, but it's it's not here handy. But um, been learning how to elk call. Been getting my gear situated. You know, been gearing up. Uh, been shooting my muzzle loader, my CVA Acura. Been e scouting on Onyx constantly. Um, You know, getting pack rafts tested in my swimming pool, different shelters, um, just uh, a lot of exciting stuff and a lot of cool gear that I'm going to be sharing with you guys as well. But um, this episode, uh, I'm actually talking to um, my buddy Jeremy from Dead Horse Outfitters, uh, based in Alaska, and uh, my friend John Bash, who's going with me to Alaska, who's actually going to be the main cinematographer on this hunt, you know, I kind of like to act act as the second cinematographer and, you know, also obviously host, but, um, we're both going up there with tags, which is exciting. So hopefully, you know, we'll be coming out of this with a, with a two tag episode, two tags filled, you know, Lord willing, like I said, as you know, most of you guys probably have heard me talk about, um, you know, my first ever backcountry western trip was in alaska on a diy walk-in caribou hunt which was um you know in air quotes unsuccessful uh but in so many ways it was a huge success it was a life-changing trip and the reason i'm sitting here talking to you right now is because of that first trip to alaska so i'm optimistic and praying that you know this time around i'll actually able to Put my hands on a caribou. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and um, Lord willing, uh, you know, we will be doing that. So, really looking forward to that. And um, this episode, like I said, is with those two folks, and we're really doing a deep dive onto this caribou hunt. So, um, you know, I think it's exciting or interesting information uh, whether or not you have a caribou hunt lined up or if it's a different you know caribou hunt than this um this is the time of year uh when folks are heading out for caribou so you know it might not be a huge segment of the audience but i know some of you out there listening probably are gearing up for caribou or looking forward to it in the next coming couple years um or maybe just dreaming of it you know um either way i think it's a cool episode we're basically as i've mentioned before we're getting uh dead horses Taking us up the Ivashack River um, between 30 and 50 miles, depending on the water conditions and how far they can get us up there. And then we are going to hunt, hopefully, Lord willing, fill two tags, and then break out the alpaca rafts and float out. So it's going to be an epic, epic adventure. Um, you know, hopefully uh, I'll have a little better experience with a pack raft this time. Um, but uh, looking forward to it. And so this hunt, I mean, this podcast, we just kind of jump into the details of this hunt and and caribou hunting in general. Um, and a lot of really, you know, good gear questions and other topics related to hunting in Alaska. So I think it's uh, stuff that's really cool for anybody uh, who's a hunter, honestly. So hope you enjoyed the episode. I did want to give a quick shout out to uh, a new friend, um, his name is Damien V. Tran, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, I probably am, um, but uh, you can find him on Instagram at pixels.arrows.n.bullets, so he basically sent me in the mail this really cool patch that he designed and made, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it, I'm trying to get it in focus here, there we go. And it's a really cool patch that he made. and Just kind of out of the blue, offered to send me. It says, Shooter of Pixels, Arrows, and Bullets. And it's got like a camera and bullets and arrows on there. It's a really cool patch. Um, So anyway, I just want to say thanks to Damien for sending me that. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Um, But, you know, it's not too often people actually send me stuff. So thank you for that, um, for that patch. And if you guys go check him out on Instagram... Uh, He's a U.S. Marine Corps vet and seems like a great dude, so check him out and maybe pick up one of these patches. Um, Other than that, guys, um, I just want to, you know, one more time ask, please continue to share the show. Um, That's the best way you can help me and support what I'm doing, really, is to share the podcast with friends and family. You know, um, put it on your Instagram. Give me a shout-out. Tag me on stuff. Send episodes to folks uh, talk about it with your friends and family, just share the show. And also please write me a rating and review if you can. Um, if you haven't yet, give me a five star review, um, and, uh, take 30 seconds to write a little blurb about why you like the show. It really helps me out. Um, if you do that, I will give you a shout out. Uh, next time I do an intro like this and I'll send you some decals in the mail, uh, as a thank you for that. And, um, just uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm really working hard to continue putting out these podcasts. I currently, you know, don't make a dime off of doing it, but it's a lot of work. Um, but I wanted to offer you know some hopefully some uh, entertainment and some encouragement and um, and some helpful information to you guys, you know, free of charge. So. Um, I think it's the least you could do, to be honest, to leave me a rating and review. So please go over and do that. Give me a five-star review. Write me a little rating, and I will send you a decal in the mail. So I appreciate it, guys. other than that, make sure to, if you got Sportsman Channel, check out the Hunter's Quest TV show that airs. The best time to catch it really is Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time or Saturday at noon Eastern Time. Again, on the Sportsman Channel. Um, and, you know, go to my YouTube channel. Please subscribe there and uh, follow me on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest. Um, But especially go subscribe on my YouTube channel. I'm really trying to build that audience. Um, I'm going to be releasing web versions of my episodes after they air on TV. So you can check out my hunts there as well. Um, But, um, you know, like I said, the amount of work I'm putting in, if you guys do like what I'm doing, if you want to help support, it's very easy to just go over and hit that subscribe button. You know, leave me a review follow me on instagram it's 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 not too much to ask and share the show guys i really appreciate it because that's how i continue growing and i'm able to continue doing this uh and bring you guys the content i'm doing so thank you in advance for doing that and without any more rambling for me let's just jump in here to a conversation with john and jeremy from dead horse and let's check it out see you guys next time
1: You're a pro at this at this point. I just listened to your Blurred Creatures podcast on the drive up here.
0: Oh, did you like it?
1: I loved it, dude. Luke got <laughs> me Luke got me dialed in on those guys. After, yeah, dude, me too, me too. Ago. Well,
0: we'll have plenty to talk about there on the Tundra then. But, oh, um, I mean, we'll I was, probably
1: see some stuff.
0: <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe. But anyway, Jeremy, I was just um, commenting that John is my partner slash – and then I was like, I don't know what to call you because I never really liked being called a cameraman. I know some people like it, some people don't. So but John, what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a little bit different when you got a tag in your pocket. I mean Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean
1: I mean that definitely <laughs> I completely understand, you know, when we're uh when we're just behind the lens, the tag along cameraman is the role. I mean, you know, that is I wish yeah. there was a sexier name. You know, video you said, jet Jedi. I don't know what we're gonna go with here. But you said okay.
0: storytelling compadre before you started rolling. I like that.
2: I mean I yeah, think I mean I think, you, I think you go back to hunting partner once you when you put
1: the
0: tag in your pocket. hundred you know percent. Yep. Yeah. So
1: I mean, if I'm a the only the only area that I draw the line in the sand between hunting partner and cameraman is when someone asks you to put a quarter on your back with your camera gear. <laughs> I mean at that point you're like, All right, you're part of the you're, you're a hunting partner at that point versus yep. just a cameraman.
0: All right. Well, I just thought it was an interesting question that we almost didn't roll on, but um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. If you're out there listening today, I'm joined by my storytelling compadre, John Bash and Jeremy Kahn from Dead Horse Outfitters, right? Yep. So how you doing tonight, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. You. So you lived up here in, in Virginia near me and now you're you moved, correct? I did. Matter
2: of fact, we just signed for our house down. We're down in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Uh, So we just signed for our house yesterday. Uh, Okay. So how you like uh, it so far? It's good, man. It's been crazy. It's it's been. We uh, picked up the house and moved, and we left Virginia on the twenty second and got down here and unloaded trucks and signed for the house, and now it's it's back to the the move in and resituate and unpack and putting furniture yep. together and, That's so and so forth. plus I'm moving. working during the day. So yeah, moving is not fun.
0: So yeah. So tell <laughs> yeah. me real quick. And so you, you have this um, transporter company in Alaska yeah. and you also work in the lower 48 half the year. So how does that work?
2: Uh, so I work in the lower 48 the whole year or wherever. Okay. So I'm, I'm active duty military. Okay. Um, Which branch so again? Army. Okay. Uh, Thanks for your service. So I do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I do everything for the business that can be done anywhere in the world. Uh, So obviously phone calls and emails and booking of clients and the books and all the stuff that I can do digitally. Um, And then my business partner, Jeff, uh, formerly known as Hook, um, he he does all the legwork up north, Uh, all the Department of Fish and Game meetings and... Everything else with all of our the the state entities and, and vehicle boat maintenance okay.
0: transportation. So equipment. have you spent a lot of time up
2: there? I don't. As a matter of fact, I haven't been back up north um, since 2018. Okay. That's like the <laughs> last time I've had an opportunity. So unfortunately for for that, I'm I'm on a cycle in the military where I'm a summer mover. Um, gotcha. Particularly during this time of year, I'm PCSing every couple of years. Um, and so it just makes it hard. And I spent a year in Korea that was in 2019, 20. So that was difficult. And then the year after that, I moved again. And then it's just one thing yeah. after another. So trying to get back north has been very difficult.
0: Yeah. It's not, especially up where you guys are operating out of, that's way up there. <laughs> it's it's nice. Even... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, it do you, I, um, not a, not a quick trip. Yeah. So I guess that changes a lot of my questions cause I was going to ask you a lot about stuff up there, but, um, I don't know. Well, do, maybe
2: I to answer a majority of it. I spent six years up there. So. Yeah. I was
0: going to say, you know, uh, about Alaska. You just haven't. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So you moved from up there.
2: I did. So we moved, I spent 2010 to 2016 in Alaska and then they moved me to San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Uh, 16 to 19 and then here I am back in San Antonio again. Okay. So I've been trying really, really hard to get back to Alaska. Uh, it, uh, obviously the army does not
0: see it fit to send me back. <laughs> yeah. You can't exactly pick where you're going to go.
2: No, no, I don't
1: have any choices. Yeah.
0: So um, so where were you stationed when you were up there?
2: Uh, Fort Wainwright,
0: so in Fairbanks. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I've been to Fairbanks once. Have you been up there, John?
1: yeah i got up to alaska for the first time a couple of years ago um for a fishing project with a group out of the pacific northwest a group of youtubers and okay. it was epic. but this is my first time going up there during hunting season so you know it's going to be a little bit different than uh, i'm sure still mosquito infested but uh oh, definitely yeah, going to yeah. see some di- some different terrain than we were in down by Ten- denali you know we're going to be a considerable distance from that um damn near a whole country's distance yeah. um so I gotta say, uh, I think yeah. from Denali,
2: if, as the crow flies, we may be about five hundred and seventy-five miles north of Denali, maybe six hundred okay. miles.
0: Okay. Wow. So, um, so what can I? What did you do in the army up there? I'm just curious. I'm a medic. Oh. Nice. Um,
2: so during that time frame, I came in in 2010. Uh, we, I was with 1-5 Infantry Battalion. We deployed 2011-2012. Understand. Oh wow! Um,
0: and then I oh, had an I op-
2: opportunity. We were we were supposed to go back in 2014, so they opened up the opportunity for people to stay, and that's how I got that six-year stint. Uh, and then they they kaboshed that, so we didn't go back in 2014. We switched mission sets. Um, okay. So, uh, but moved from the infantry battalion to a um, a medevac battalion, and then came down down here to the, what what's called Brook army medical center, uh, which is one of the largest DOD
0: trauma ones facilities in the army. Wow. So what was that like, man, being like, I guess, an active war zone as a medic.
2: It's interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. Uh, I mean, it is, it is what it is. We'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely want to, don't want to pry, but that must've been a wild experience for sure. Um, well, so, um, being a medic in Alaska. So, did you tell me about how you guys started Dead Horse and a little bit about your partner and all that stuff?
2: Yeah. So, um, I have four kids, um, and Fairbanks has uh, a nationally competitive cheer uh, uh, company uh, or cheer competition, I guess. Or I don't know what. The like best a is like. cheerleading. So not like football like competitive cheerleading cheerleading but like Mm. cheer and dance right Uh um so my girls got into cheer and hook uh chef's daughter is in cheer and so we linked up that way um and so we we met honestly through hunting uh he owns a couple gold mines and was like hey if you want to come up to the gold mine and hunt you guys are welcome anytime bring the family Oh, nice." Uh, and so that's kind of how that rolled And then one thing led to another, uh, grew to be really great friends and started talking about, you know, at that time, I was about 13 years in the army. And I was like, man, you know, chatting about what we were going to do with retirement or what I was going to do with retirement. And uh, Hook's been a lot. He's been up in Alaska this whole, should we say, adult life. I I think he moved up there around the age of 19 or 20. Okay. Um, And so... Uh, he's done a lot of guiding and fishing and, uh, fishing guide and crabbing and, you know, uh, big game guiding. And so we started chatting about opening a guiding business and, um, next thing you know, I'm PCSing and it was just a retirement dream down the road, right? Like it was just a thing. Uh, and then we started looking into transporting and in 2018 he called and we had a window of opportunity and I was down here in San Antonio and he's like, man, I I think we should pull the trigger. And I was like, dude, I'm still in the army. Yeah. Like, I'm in, I'm in Texas. Like, how are we going to play this? He's like, ah, oh, we'll figure it out. You know? And in 2018 we ran, I don't know, five clients that year with a okay. boat. We, we rented, we rented a boat and, um, uh, we we used what we had. We had trucks and tents already from being up there in uh, yeah. trailers. So we we used what we had nice. uh, to get stuff north, um, and uh, just grew year to year. Um, mm-hmm. And started buying new equipment, and and here we are six years later, uh, nice. with with new boats and trucks and equipment uh, and a second company uh from that the wives have uh for the rental company yeah uh, for all that gear um and so we've just kind of we've kind of grown and still looking to grow uh but a lot of that won't happen until you know i i get up there it can can really help right.
0: boots on the ground he's, yeah he's yeah. with the boots well on business the ground, must he's... be pretty good because when i called you're like booked for like two years out or something right
2: i am we're booked to 2026 20, right now um, oh my goodness I have, well i have been for about Four months. Uh twenty-five closed about four months ago uh and our twenty six calendar opened the first of
0: October. It's getting uh, nuts to hunt in Alaska. It, it is. That's it is. Uh, it's
1: it's the over to over the counter, you know, black market rush at this point and <laughs> wherever wherever's left that you can that yeah. you can log on and plan something or you know not have eight years of equity or plus into it. It
0: is. That's true. Yep. That is true. Yeah, you a lot of your motor 48 experience of a lifetime with over the tag
2: yeah a lot of your lower 48 states are going to just like you said people are spending an entire lifetime trying to get points for a hunt uh where alaska is is not that way
0: yeah man um yeah it's so it's kind of weird most people like alaska something you kind of dream of i was introduced to alaska very early on so i have kind of a very special relationship with alaska it was like the first trip i ever did was like a public land east central alaska thing so um, and then I went to Kodiak so this would be my third time but this is a completely different part of the of the uh of the state but yeah it's when I started putting this trip together um it became apparent that like you can't just like for the most part just call a guy to, you know and like go that year or something it's a multi-year planning thing fortunately unfortunately however you want to look at it whatever it just is what it is um we were able to work something out because i told you hey take us up on an off day and we'll float out ourselves <laughs> which is not yeah. kind of your normal gig <laughs> um, not at all <laughs> so we want to talk about that a little bit but before we get too far into it i do want to just let john introduce himself a little bit to the audience and and to you and just so we can just hear a little bit about you about your backstory too john man
1: thank you so much yeah i am I'm thankfully the uh, semi-talented, innocent bystander in this group. You guys are getting all the logistics <laughs> going, and you guys are going to be, you know, putting some some good animals on the ground. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance. I'm John Bash. Uh, I am a, a part owner in a production company called Ghost Cat. Um, our headquarters is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I spent the majority of my career working in the outdoor industry. Um, as early on as early internship days out at Orvis, living in Vermont at their headquarters. Oh, Um, and, uh, you know, ended up at a big agency in Oklahoma. That's what brought me there. Um, the agency at the time was named brothers and company. Now they're named idea ranch. I mean, from an outdoor perspective, you know, there's a handful of, um, you know, advertising agencies that specialize in outdoor clients and work with the pinnacle of brands, and they're in the top three to five. So, oh, okay. genuinely, you know, I, I would love to say that, you know, all my love for the outdoors and my love for videography, um, I would love to say that it was a day one thing, but I didn't pick up a bow until I was 18 and I didn't pick up a camera until I oh, was 24.
0: Cool. Oh, wow. Um,
1: so, everything, you know, everything that is interesting progressed over, you know, the past decade. Um, a lot of it was because of the stewardship and just the expertise that that agency, you know, some of the, um, the principles there that they, you know, were grateful enough to teach me. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, the past five years, um, through mutual contacts, I mean, we met through Luke (laughs) Dusenberry, um, who in, in my, you know, if I had to pick a five people who were some of the most talented shooters oh, he's amazing um, in the backwards, he, he's one of them. Um, and there's, you know, Luke, man. There's so many of us, i say like, you know, the most beautiful thing about the world of content, um, videography, photography, whatever it may be, is the gear is so much more accessible now than it was 10 years ago, price point wise, quality wise. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so many people that can do it well. I'm a, a dime a dozen from a videographer storyteller. I know there's a lot of people worse than me. There's a lot of people better than me. <laughs> um, I, I hope I'm rising the ranks, you know, as my hair gets grayer and, <laughs> um, I put more miles on my boots. Um, but, hey, most of the
0: time uh, it's just effort and attitude, man. Just like anything else.
1: Are you using drone? Have you toyed with that yet? We've got plenty of drones. Um, yeah. we'll have one up there. We'll carry the extra weight. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's you're bringing probably, your drone on this
0: trip, right?
2: Well, the footage be, that you get is phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's, is there it's any those... real, real quick question? Yeah. Sorry, before I forget, are there any legalities in terms of you can't fly a drone on the same days you can hunt?
1: So it I depends like, on the, it depends on the okay. state. Um, it right. But I just think specifically
0: Alaska, I didn't know.
1: Yeah. So normally I'll, I'll tell the, the safety trick here for anyone wanting to, you know, have the, uh, look behind the curtain. Normally I don't fly until the tag is filled. Um, yeah, that's so, a good strategy. That's what we do. You usually.
0: Know,
1: Yeah. So when you're, you know, there's no confusion
0: these, whatsoever about using the yeah. drone for any illegal hunting activity or anything. So it's a good rule of thumb
1: especially for this hunt. I mean, it's a migratory animal in a vast open area and you have a device that has three to four miles of range, you know, seeing over the next Ridge hypothetically is as easy as lifting. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just one of those things that, you know, it's just the easiest way to do it is we're going to go hunt hard and put an animal on the ground and then get all the aerial coverage to tell, you know,
0: the places and places. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) um, So, and, yeah, I just want to say, too, like, so just for listeners' sake, like, I barely know John either. (laughs) We met.
1: We had one – coincidentally enough, the only time we ever spent – we spent three hours together. Luke was picking me up from
0: the airport, and you were just randomly in the car. And then – but some – and you were heading off to another trip. You guys had just shot a hunt together, and it was like we were all in transit between hunts. And I could just tell right off the bat, I was like, oh, this dude's cool. I could work with him. And uh, so it worked out, so – Looking forward to it. And man. It was,
1: I don't, you know, look, looking back on it, you know, we were in Idaho, and the only thing that is just hilarious to me is our first meal together just happened to be caribou burgers from Luke. <laughs> oh, no Street way! The previous year, so
0: I so did not broke, even remember that.
1: Yeah, so we wow. broke bread and we ate Alaskan caribou burgers together. Um, Which is the caribou that, that
0: Luke shot on the go hunt film that you can go watch if you want.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, sometimes the camera guys get to shoot and sometimes, you know, we're, we're good at sharing meat with each other because it's pretty rare that we, you know, someone lets us like Hunter uh, yeah. or go hunt, lets us have a tag in our pocket. As I well, mean, so. the way I
0: see it, I can shoot video too. And if we can fill two tags, that's just a cooler episode and it's Absolutely. good, good for you. And Hey, you know, why not? So and the, my only thing is, can we level. fit all this stuff in a pack raft and get out of there and not die?
1: I'm, we're gonna have to, yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to talk to the headman here about um gear yeah, that, packing yeah. and uh i'm sure there's about half a dozen things on my list that just through this conversation are gonna have to be revised given his knowledge
0: yeah 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 so okay so jeremy um have you hunted this area or even at areas of, okay you hunted this area but this river i have yeah okay cool um so you know about the conditions and That kind of stuff, right? I mean, pretty much. Yep. Yep. You've you've hunted it a lot. So um, I do want to ask you some stuff like that about just gear. And the first begging question I have is I I was just watching the Hush video. And then I, I, you know, I know where they are. I'm not going to say where they are, but I know where they are. And they they said, I'm not dropping any bombs here. It's on their video. They said we're 60 miles in. So I looked at Onyx and looked at where 60 miles in is. Do you think we can get to that area? Because <laughs> it looks good.
2: Uh, so <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, it it depends. It depends on the day, time of year. I think you're what the 23rd? The last uh, week of August. Uh, yeah, 23rd through 30th. So, so here's. And it's the not like there. some secret spot, guys. It's just it's, where it's,
0: it's where a part of the river, the terrain changes. Basically, it's not it like doesn't. some secret honey hole, but it looks. It's I think it'd be Ivys- like more beautiful and kind of cool yeah. if you get hunting around the mountains, you know?
2: So it's about a two and a half hour boat ride. Mm.
0: Um, and
2: okay. it, it's getting up there on the Ivashack River. Uh, and yeah, there it is. Th- the the water is the biggest piece, right? So yeah. the Ivashack and the Echuca River are both glacier fed out of the Brooks Range. And water will fluctuate between three inches and seven feet in hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, depending on what's happening
0: in the rain. So, just out of curiosity, you're cool with just dropping the names of the rivers, huh? On air, publicly. Well,
2: well, that's that's where we hunt. I mean, it's on our website, <laughs> it's on our Facebook page. Yeah. Okay, I just <laughs> making sure because down here, people are so tight-lipped
0: about are, like those, you know. Those
2: are those are the two river systems that we transport on. Yeah, okay. uh, it's it's on everything I have. And, just making and, sure, and, man. And to be frank, man, I have 150 river miles to play with, right? So like yeah. at the end of the day, um, we have the ability and flexibility uh, to drop in different locations as long as it's safe to to land the boat. And that's the big piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, everybody thinks, oh, it's an airboat. You can skim over what you want. And that's a true statement, except for it costs thousands of dollars to replace the bottom of an airboat. And I prefer <laughs> not to do that every year. For sure. So we try not to skim rock and all of that. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a possibility of being able to get you that far in. It really depends on water. And then the kicker is, is we have to think about coming back. The exit, Which right. you're floating out, right? Right. So, for, right. so would that be treacherous part, up there? It, it There's a possibility that you don't have enough water to float out on.
0: Mm, right? mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: I, I can skim four inches of water on step at 35 miles an hour with 5,000 pounds in the boat. That's not a problem. You're not floating three inches of water with 400 pounds of pack raft. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I may have enough water to get you in. You may not have enough water to get out one. And then if even if you weren't floating and we were doing a traditional trip where I was coming back to get you, we have to calculate that in kind of as well. And it fluctuates because there's been times that we've dropped clients um, and had to have them walk a mile or two down the riverbank because I can't get back to them. Right. Uh, because the water's dropped so much, or we have to flux and hope the water raises, uh, which isn't something I typically do. I try to get everybody in and out on the day they need to because I've got follow on clients coming in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you start getting close to the brooks on the Ivashack River, it starts to get a little bit hairy when it comes to water.
0: Yeah. What if, could you potentially drop us off in a like reasonable distance, because here's the thing, we're gonna be basically decked out in hiking, like ultra. I'm gonna go as light as I can, cause we're floating out. I'm, you know, we're yeah. not taking like yep. big camp stoves in and all this junk. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be in like backpacking gear. So I want. I'm wondering if we could get somewhere even close enough where we could potentially. Hey, let's say we grab uh one of our shelters and just go for two days or something, like hike over yeah. there. But not. You know, I know it's different on the tundra than here, but.
2: Yeah, we should be able to do that. And that's, a, that's honestly a conversation with Hook when you get on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we pick you up, start chatting. Uh, Hook's not going to be the one that'll pick you up from the airport. I've got team members up there that'll do that, that'll pick you up in Prudhoe Bay and bring you down. Yeah. Uh, but have that conversation with Hook. Let them know where you want to go. We're a transporter, right? So at the end of the day, we, we're obligated to get you where you want to go. Now, I do have locations on the river that we identify as safe and I can get you close to. Sure, sure. If you've if you showed up on the 23rd and said hey i've got this grid can you get me there yeah i'm a transporter i'm going to do what i can to get you there but yeah, yeah. i have to be concerned for your safety my absolutely. safety absolutely the boat, and right? that's and that's that
0: piece yeah and that's our obviously you know first priority as well i want to get home to my children yes um, killing a caribou is not that important but um right. but Which i've got yeah I've got
1: one, you know, this is a good, I guess, probably a good question from a newbie standpoint, you know, someone that hasn't gone up and done the tundra before. Um, one of the, you know, things you learn the hard way anywhere you're hunting is like, what's the easiest way to cover distance in that scenario in yours, Like if we're talking about what Hunter does or Hunter's alluding to doing a spike camp scenario, is it, Hey, just follow the river, stay on the rocks, get up. You know, talk to me about the easiest way to cover miles up. Good question.
2: So, You can follow the river, and that's. But once you get into the tundra and start heading away from the tundra, the easiest way to cover miles is slow, all right? (laughs) And and I and I say that I I really do. So the tundra is a great equalizer, right? I've got young guys that have come up there that want to get after it, and they want to get out, and they want you know see caribou a mile or two, and they're going to get ahead of them, and they're just going to go. The harder you push against the tundra, the harder it pushes back. you've got it's it's like smoking meat man it's it's slow <laughs> and low right like just <laughs> that's just good smooth, advice man steady speed yeah knees, right you're not you're not kicking your own fourth point uh trying yeah. to because you've got tussocks once you get a little bit away from that river now you've got tussocks and you've got little water pockets and ankle rollers and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff that, that you're yeah. fighting with and obviously when you're moving fast you're not paying attention to where you're stepping. Yeah, uh, which causes issues right so a good steady pace um and you're never gonna chase caribou they move yeah. and graze at about 10 miles an hour between 10 and like 12 miles an hour wow so they may not look like they're moving quickly but they're moving much faster than you're moving um, yeah. <laughs> and, and much faster than you're going to. dang
0: they graze at 10 miles an hour that's how fast i run like on c- right. like cement <laughs> Correct.
2: yeah <laughs> for yeah for miles so they, that's crazy yep they move quickly
0: um, so no I'm sorry 6 actually, miles an hour not 10 miles yeah. an hour I run yeah. 6 miles yeah. an hour there
2: you go. I was going to say you're in good shape no, man. no so I do not I run 10 like, miles an hour you're in like sheep did shape did the math wrong 10 miles an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 6 miles an hour I slipped, I slipped it but still yeah. that's insane man so okay that's really good advice I need to like take that to heart because I tend to like get in the zone and just like let's get there but yep. at the same time caribou they could come through at any moment anywhere so you should be kind of looking where you're going as you're going anyway you correct
2: know? so you're you're in rolling country and it so I, it looks flat and it's going to look yeah. flat but there's those little valleys and divots and things like that right so you may be watching a caribou um and then it disappears for hours yeah. Yeah. it's
0: like antelope on the or, prairie man correct
2: and then all of a sudden they're there yeah and you have no idea where they were or where it went or what it looked, you know? <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I know, I know that was, they'll frame. find
2: that little crevice that just takes them out of eyesight. Yep. And then they'll move in it for a little while and they'll pop up out of nowhere. That's, that's cool. That's, um... so
1: I've, I've got some rough now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I might bounce a few newbie questions in there just cause okay. I'm fascinated. Yeah, bring and I'm it. excited Sweet. about it. You know, So we're talking about them grazing. What are they grazing on? Is it the same where like a north-south facing hill? Like, you know, is there things that you can key in on on their grazing patterns as we're out there? Um, Or is (laughs) it pretty random?
2: It's pretty random. Yeah, You're in their migration path. Good question, though. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, Uh, You're in their migration path. Migration path is however many miles wide. It depends. Their primary migration path, for their breeding grounds is on the east side on that river system. Mm. Uh, And they're they're after calving or to move after breeding uh, to move back north. They're more so on the west side. Now they do move west side of the, and I'm I'm stating west side of the road, right? So the the Dalton highway, Um, they do move on both sides. You guys are hunting east side of the road. That's their primary migration path and has been for last 28 years 29 years right wow. so um is this the 40 you know, mile herd no this is the central arctic herd
0: okay so what subspecies are they
2: well, they're barren ground okay yeah uh so th- they all start up north right so there's three herds up by prudhoe bay uh you've got the western arctic herd the central arctic herd and then the porcupine herd the porcupine herd runs much farther east Uh, in the more so in like the national wildlife refuge area Uh, over there, the central Arctic herd runs that, um, that pipeline corridor for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and then the Western Arctic herd is significantly out West another, like if you went off, if you went off the Dalton highway, give or take 50, 40, 50 miles, you'd start getting into Western Arctic herd pieces. Um, The cool thing about it is when these migrations all start, there is a point where all three herds will touch. Hmm. And all three herds will start, they'll fluctuate numbers a little bit, right? Now, the central Arctic herd of the three is much smaller. We're looking at about 40,000 caribou. Um, We cap that herd at about give or take 50,000 before you start to run into issues, uh, with food source and room and so on and so forth. Right? Oh, so
0: the, like the carrying capacity is 50,000 and you're, oh, you're saying it's about, yeah. That's yeah, good. about 40. Yeah. Right. So That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. No, So they're, it's they're much much doing okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: They're doing really well. So okay, they climbed every year. Yep. Herd's doing really well. It's
0: that good. was my next yeah. question. How's the herd doing? Yep.
2: It's doing really well. Um that's great. You'll see, like if you Googled the Central Article, you're gonna see I think it's a report from the last report that the Department of Fish and Game published, unless they published something recently, uh, was from around the two thousand fifteen time frame when they took a significant dump. And that was when all the it used to be um Alaska residents could kill uh harvest four caribou, mm-hmm. uh, and non residents could have harvest four caribou. Wow. In 2015 Dang. there was a, there was a massive failure in the herd. There was some disease, there was old cows that died, there was a bad calving season, hmm. right? And it it took a punch to, a punch to about 15,000. And so everything dropped to to one caribou tag per resident, non-resident. Uh, and that herd has climbed uh over the last couple of years. They've changed it so residents can harvest four now. Um and I, honestly the regs just came out uh and I, I haven't looked and i don't think the non-resident tag changed this year i think it's still at one yeah. um but as we continue to climb over the years you'll start to see the non-resident tags will will pick up uh wow. or they should wow. pick up and that's the
0: recommendation of fishing game well that's good that's yeah. good to hear that that's, they're doing well because i feel like all you hear is like doom and gloom from like oh you know they're shutting everything down but yeah. what were you gonna say john so they
2: are they're closing a lot of areas and yeah and so that That unfortunately starts to bust into our area because we are in state land and it's all, you know, unlike a lot of the areas that you guys probably hunt here in the lower 48 or that we're familiar with, you know, there's not, when you come down here, uh, especially like Texas where I am now, right? Like 2% of the state is public land.
0: All right, we've been having some storms here. I lost them. I got to get them back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, sorry. We just lost power, and uh, Jeremy was joking me. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so you were talking about um, when we left off, something 2%. What were you saying?
1: Talking about the public and
2: state land. Oh, the land. public and state land. and, and the, yeah. the yeah. We were talking sure. about how
0: the herd's doing and stuff.
2: It, yeah. So it's doing good. Uh, like I said, we've, we've seen an, an increase in, um, people hunting up yeah. there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: that's an expectation. And I'll tell you since 2018, uh, and I don't know if you've read our website or looked through like all the documents. I have an, no. I have an extreme, I, yeah, you're like, nah, no, that.
0: <laughs> I've been pretty busy.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have, I have a lengthy document, um, which is for planning purposes for caribou. And I think it's like 18 pages long and it covers all kinds okay. of stuff, right? That would my, very first, read. my very first paragraph is like an expectation management and I've had to kind of update that as we go because we're starting to see more people uh, up there. And, and so it used to be uh, you may see a few and now yeah, it's been, yeah. oh, well, we're seeing more and, you know, and it's been hit and miss. Some years are really bad. Uh, others are really good and we don't see a lot. Uh, I'm. I mean, I don't know what this year is going to look like. They just recently closed uh, one of the units for the year mm. uh, down south, so we may see more uh, starting to come north.
0: So, is it a quota? Like, once they hit the quota, the units close.
2: It's. Uh, so it's not. There's a projected quota. Um, I. I think for the last.
0: Last well, time we went we were kept having to call into this hotline and stuff so and see this That's the
2: 40 Yep, that's the yeah. 40 mile herd. So for us it's not. They okay. there is a there is a number that they would like to take out of the herd every year and if I if I remember correctly it's somewhere between like 15 and 1800 caribou. Okay. Um, so but the we, we haven't hit that sorry. number since at, at all. Like that that zone in general has, has hasn't hit 1800 or 1500 or even close to that in the six years i've been in business yeah uh, and even before that they didn't that number's just not hit
0: so you're saying overall the numbers are pretty good in this hunting area there's other places where it's kind of hurting but this area seems pretty good it's not quota so we don't have to worry about it shutting down on us and um but you've been seeing like you said it's hit and miss obviously caribou yep. like I said, it's random but um so it seems like you guys, you know, have a pretty high success rate of at least opportunity or at least seeing animals and stuff, which is good. We do. So
2: so we average around an 80% success rate.
0: That's uh, that's and, hey, yeah. that's pretty good. Very,
2: <laughs> very rarely does anybody come out of the field and haven't seen anything. Now it happens. Yep. And, and that's just I mean that's yep. migration hunting like yep. you could go out there it happened for to a me week. on my
0: first trip. <laughs> yeah, you could go out there the for a spot.
2: week honestly and hunt hard and and not see anything. Uh, and that's, that's a reality, you know, and that's yeah. that back to, I don't control the caribou and I don't control the weather for sure. Uh, I put you in what we think,
0: uh, is that's just hunting area. Yeah. And that's just yeah. hunting. Yeah. So that's cool, man. I understand that. Um, that's not, you know, an issue. Uh, that's, that's hunting, you know, it's just the way it is, but 80% is good. And honestly, I'd be stoked just to get in there. And if we saw a bunch of animals, I think we'll have a good shot, but I've been on my first trip ever. We went to a really good spot. We sat there. Four days, I think, at least one and a half one and a half of those in the tent because of rain and fog. But four or five days in one spot, we saw one caribou running, sprinting out the other direction, a pretty decent bull, <laughs> the day before the opener. Like literally just full trot. I have it on my phone. Yeah. Um, never saw another animal in the area. And there was, uh, but there were, the sign was so thick, you literally couldn't take two steps without stepping in caribou sign. And so they were there just we had just missed them second yep. spot. We actually saw some animals that had a few we could have killed, but we weren't long story short, long story short, weren't a hundred percent sure they weren't uh, cows or small bulls. So we didn't end up pulling the trigger in retrospect. I'm like pretty sure one of them was a small bull. Wish I had shot it, but whatever you live and learn. Um, so anyway, I, I've experienced a slow caribou hunt for sure. Uh, i tell but, you
2: with Alaska, it's better to be safe than sorry. If you're questioning yes. whether it's a cow or a bull, don't pull
0: it. Yep. Don't. yep. That's what my That's buddy, cause hurt. my buddy had been on a trip the pre- previous year where our mutual yep. friend had shot a cow on accident and he said it was the worst experience ever. And so he was kind of scarred from that. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. It's definitely better to be safe than sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: on that top, on that topic, naturally, you know, we're talking end of the trip, easy, you know, easy indicators when you're looking at a herd through a spotter, you know, what are you doing to identify the mature animals versus, you know, not just, Male, or, female, mature. versus
0: That's a good question, but I would like to ask, also ask you it. on the, the male-female question because I know that the regs say, like, look for, quote, unquote, a penis sheath, but sometimes that's very hard to see, especially on younger bulls. Um, so I don't know. I'd like to hear both of your um, takes on the, both those questions.
2: Yeah. So uh, honestly, good question. regulation, right? look for a penis sheath if you can, Uh um, <laughs> or pay attention to how they're, pay attention to how they're peeing. If you, if you can hold tight and, and see, um, but what both bulls and cows have antlers. Um, right. And so once you get bigger bulls or past that cow stage, right. You start to get that C, a, a deep C curve in the, in the antlers and that yeah. shovel, yeah. um, Cows won't have that shovel, but when you're looking at young bull versus young cow, they it's, it's very hard to tell. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's that you, you got to follow them
0: for a little while and wait for them to pee or, um, so how do the males pee? You may have already said it, but how do the males pee versus the females,
2: the, 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 the same one <laughs> comes out from one comes out from underneath. Right? So the yeah. penis seed, that's that from underneath where yeah. cows have the two holes on the back. So cows will pee back right
1: um, that makes sense but you, but you <laughs> that was the only that was the only thing that i knew yeah, was the yeah. hopefully you guys but are you watching
2: on youtube be, you saw the yeah. hand gestures either your spotting scope is set up and you're paying attention or you miss it because yeah it's quick Interesting. and you're like well shoot i didn't catch that so, you so basically wait.
0: we should just wait for a bull that's mature enough to be like that's definitely a bull yeah and i would tell <laughs> you that
2: i you know you can look up pictures and you know youtube videos and you'll 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 be able to see the difference
0: oh yeah i mean the mature ones are pretty obvious but you know you know coming on day six or seven and one runs by that could be a cow you're thinking "Eh, yeah you know
2: i I would (laughs) tell you to pass
0: if you think it's if there's anything
2: in your head if there's anything in your head that thinks it's a cow pass yeah yeah, for sure yeah yeah
1: so i you know Honor, you were talking about your first experience, and you were like, "Hey, the sign was hot. They were just there." As we're going through the week, you know, let's say in a perfect scenario, you know, we're seeing multiple waves. Is there any timing or cadence between if we if a wave comes through and you? No, it could be you could have another group (laughs) in 20 minutes and two hours.
2: Yep, you could see a hundred right now, not see another animal for three days, see some solo bulls or. Uh, a group of bulls, or just a group of cows, or no. So they start migrating, no rhyme or
0: reason. Right, absolutely <laughs> love it.
2: Not. it. This herd, this herd starts migrating the middle of July, and they don't hit their breeding grounds until October. So they've got somewhere what July, August, December. So they've got like three and a half months to make it 190 miles south
0: and so they're just like move and eat enough to keep living and correct and (laughs) and weather
2: patterns change right so keep in mind you're 65 give or take 65 70 you may be a little bit farther depending on where we're at where we drop you um but you're no farther than 100 miles from the arctic ocean Mm -hmm. and so weather patterns change you're in that cool little bubble of the brooks range in the arctic ocean and that weather pattern shifts from day to day right um I've seen snow in the beginning of August. I've seen 55 degree temperatures in September. We, I, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's Alaska, baby. It, it is worse <laughs> than Alaska. You, you will see, you may Dude, see very much uh, Alaska.
2: You may see four seasons in two days. Yeah. Another, and right? this
0: is the latest and farthest north I've ever gone in Alaska. So this is, we'll be yep. actually going into the beginning of September, which yep. is a big difference from the first or second week of August. Absolutely. And also going to be farther north. So, what's could you speak to kind of like that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So, uh, as we shift, obviously shifting in September ish season, that transition, you guys will probably see more rain than those earlier, earlier hunters were. Um, You might see some snow. Uh, Averages are are like twenty five to thirty during the day. Uh, You might see some forties and fifties. And, and again, there's that fluctuation. I've seen first week of September, I've seen two, three, four days of 55 degrees and sunny, which is insane. Uh, You're you shouldn't be seeing that. And I've had an inch and a half of snow on the ground the first of of August. Uh, And so, but traditionally you're in that shift. So you're going to have wind and rain, maybe a little bit of sleet coming into that a little bit of fog. You've lost some light yeah uh, so yes. with about the time that you guys are coming you're probably going to be sitting if i had to guess i'd say probably around 18 hours of daylight maybe 15 so to get
0: dark hours. around like 11 10 30 yeah. 11 at night something yeah, like
2: that something like yeah. that whereas the the early season hunters are 24 hours of daylight right i'm so, dude that
0: sounds nice and probably the tundra I'm will be turning thankful. orange a little bit yeah today. you might
2: yeah you'll you'll catch some of that that'll be beautiful yeah so it's uh, it's, it's be
0: a totally different experience like every other time i've been to alaska has been like pretty lush green like almost like almost basically summer still with a little bit of wet weather starting yeah so i did kodiak in like first or second week august then i did that first one and it, it was pretty nice weather so this would be a cool new experience what were you gonna say john
1: i was gonna ask, you know obviously like With with weather that fluctuates that much, I'm always excited. I always want to dial in, or, you know, on any type of hunt, you want to dial in your most well executed plan on the best weather day. So, what is the best weather? (laughs) Like when you, you know, going to bed or there is no plan. You just just wait for a caribou to walk by. (laughs) So, caribou, (laughs) you know,
2: caribou will move. If it's raining and cold, caribou move. That's that. That that's that okay. piece, right?
0: That's good. Um, yeah. Those yeah. those
2: super sunny days, they they will stagnate a lot of times. Um, it, good to but know. But that that rainy, windy. The
0: hardest yeah. stuff to film in is the best time to go.
2: Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that they move. Great. They still move uh, pretty regularly, even when it's hot. Um yeah. But yeah. we see a lot of. But there's there's no, and I haven't. We haven't been able to pick up on a pattern for stagnation either, right? that herd will stagnate and stop out of nowhere. It happens a couple of times every season. I don't know why they do it. We haven't been able to figure it out. It's been all hmm. different weather patterns. There's just something about, they get comfortable wherever they're at
1: and they stop. Interesting. And and that's that. Surplus of know, food or whatever yeah, it may, yeah, maybe just higher protein quality or something.
2: Something. I haven't been able to figure it out. Micronutrients. Um, but that's that, you know, that occasional, I get people that'll hunt for a week and not see anything. And it's, and, and typically, if, if you guys aren't seeing anything, nobody else up there is seeing anything, and there's another Arrowhead Outfitters is up there, and they fly out, and they're not seeing anything. So it's like the whole region just, just shuts stops down. Yeah. And, out of nowhere. There isn't a caribou to be seen. And then all of a sudden, there's caribou. And I I haven't been able to figure it out. None of us have. Uh, okay.
0: It's just, one you of just got to outlast and just stay yeah. there as long as possible. Correct. How, how long do your normal groups go out for?
2: So our hunts when we transport in and out are eight days. Okay. So I, uh, you know, an example is like a Friday to a Friday. Uh, so yep. travel day in uh, because we're not a fly in service, our, our clients can hunt the same day they hit the ground. Uh, so for you guys, right, oh, nice. you'll fly up to Prudhoe Bay, you're flying commercially, we pick you up, we get you to the boat launch, we get you out on the ground and you can hunt right off the bat. Um, Sick. the, the, the lost day really is the travel day back. Cause we try to get our clients early morning. Uh, yeah. Because we have to get them back to the boat launch, allow them the opportunity to get their uh, meat and stuff, uh, their, caribou, yeah, yeah. their caribou deboned, meat taken care yeah. of into Prudhoe Bay. You have
0: to have like an entire 24 hours at the end of one of these hunts to like get the stuff yeah. back right and do it well.
2: Right. So you're getting about six and a half days out of an eight day yep. hunt is, is really what you're looking at. Six solid days of hunting, though. Which that so, back
1: end is shortened for us even more, depending on our. Um, how deep we drop in on the float time. That's out. that's
2: true.
0: Be. That's true. But.
2: And, and really you're going to float. Uh, even if I dropped you as far as I can get you, I think you could float for maybe a day.
0: Yeah. Like I was right. looking at a 35 and mile float would only take what, like six, eight hours. Theoretically, yeah, as
2: long as you don't yeah. run into any significant issues with having to drag your boats across rocks and, or pick it up and move. Right. As long as you've yeah. got water, I think a, a day. A yeah. good seven eight hour movement, you'd be okay.
0: In worst case scenario, if we had to finish, you know, pull out the tents one night and finish it the next morning, yeah, one extra day in Alaska. Yeah, but we got we had to time that out honestly. We're <laughs> uh, but we have a pretty good. Amount, let's see, what do we have? We actually land on the twenty third. So, te- th- you know, theoretically, we don't catch any weather.
2: So you guys are we, flying in
0: on the 23rd. We we leave on the 22nd, and we arrive at 7.30 a.m. at Prudhoe Bay on the 23rd. Okay. So, you know, we could have that much time, if not more, if we had to, maybe, depending on where we were. So. Yeah. We should be good. Take a yeah, of extra food. Okay. Yeah. And and we, we, and like, that's we, the
2: thing. Make sure you have food.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to have – um. I am just. I was just planning on, like, backpack food because, you know, we're not – like I said, we're not bringing stoves and coolers and stuff. Uh, I'm just going to bring, like, if it was a backcountry trip, like, freeze-dried stuff and a little stove and do that. Yep. And make sure I have, like – I'll probably bring, like, 10 days of food just for in case. You know yeah. what I
2: mean?
0: Yeah. So I'd be ready for that, John, too. And, you know, pretty good amount of calories yeah. in there, not just, like, one mountain house or something, you know? So
2: yeah, 50- and that is – Bring fishing, bring fishing poles. poles. I, think. I was going to ask you
0: about that. The fishing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wait. Great segue. I want to hear about fishing. And are there ptarmigan? Yes, to both. Um, a lot of ptarmigan. Yes. Okay, so we should definitely bring like a twenty-two or something.
2: I, I would recommend it.
0: We are doing that. I love ptarmigan. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ptarmigan are good. Uh, your late season, you're going to get into char, uh, and. Ooh. I, t- I tell you, on your float out, or even back in that pocket, there's some great char pockets back there. Uh, grayling are in the river on a regular basis, so you'll do well. And if you've never fished for grayling, <laughs> it's like it's like fishing for rainbow trout or brown, right? So spoons, spinners, floating flies, bring multiple oh, colors amazing. with you because they're finicky. So you'll be slaying them on a pink spinner, and the next thing you know, nothing happens, and you change to yellow, and now you're slaying them again. Like, they're that picky,
0: Wow. You know, is there a scenario where we could potentially fish like right basically right next to our camp? Like if I don't know if the I'm day dropping
2: you off at the, I'm dropping you off at the river. So we can do every one. <laughs> yeah, like, stay at the river or walk 50 miles in. I yeah, do yeah, whatever. Yeah. Are there any
1: me... of the transporting business? This sounds like a no, no strings attached type scenario.
2: Well, right. Once you're on my boat, I, your strings are attached. Once you're off my boat, you're right. There is no strings attached. Especially <laughs>
0: right. for us, because he's not even coming to rescue us if we, you know. I know it. You're I'm right. sure if I called a hail mary, you wouldn't just leave me out there to die, right?
2: No, <laughs> you'll have our, you'll have our information.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um,
2: and that's that, that. So that segues it. I'll segue for a second into in reaches, right? So we communicate by oh, age. yeah. I got. If, if I got mine done, ready to go. Right? it's a satellite text messaging system. Uh, it works very well up there. Occasionally, due to the weather, we get some lag uh, in the text messages, um, but that's how we communicate. So, yep. So we'll have all that information. We'll have your in reach hook before you leave yep. the boat launch. Is going to make sure that you've at least sent a text message to the uh, our our oh, for sure. for the boat launch.
0: We will um, definitely get your reach stuff. Absolutely. You've got that
2: communication yeah. Yeah. piece. So if something happens, obviously, if it's an emergency, you've got the SOS. Hit it um oh yeah yeah right but if if you float past the boat launch or something goes on and you're you you know something happens that you can't continue to float let us know we'll we'll come get you
0: that's nice man i appreciate it it's nice to have that uh we're not completely alone out there you know so but yeah, we will definitely get your info absolutely um so oh but i want to go back to the um other fishing and hunting kind of opportunities out there because that's really cool so um, I know with a hunting license you can shoot tarm again. Um yep. I'll check the limits. But that's amazing. Um I think and, it's and, like you like said with the 10. fishing, dude, we should even I mean, it'd be cool to even just like intentionally if we had time, if Lord willing we get blessed and, and fill some tags, you know, fl- maybe take a extra day as we float and fish as we go, you know, or just kind of enjoy Oh it. outstanding. Yeah, I if just we got time. I mean that's
1: I spent the entire day fly fishing. Grant, I probably wouldn't bring a fly rod up there because I actually like to catch fish and not just, you know,
0: feel good about <laughs> <Cool>. myself
1: trying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Give me one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so we should uh, definitely
0: bring rods, dude. We have to. Yeah. And or at least what, I mean, one.
1: Yeah, just... I mean, one good box, like you said, good box of spinners, a little bit of extra line. I mean, yeah. that would
0: be outstanding. Okay. So yeah,
1: and you, and you don't need anything, but keep in
2: mind you don't need anything heavy, but keep yep. in mind that you can get into some char that are, that are pretty good sized. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, if you bring a light action with six pound test, you're going to have a, a a good fight getting into char, right? So bring a, a collapsible pole with, I'd say 10 to 12 pound at least uh, if, okay. if you gonna go after char. Now, if you're just going after grayling. Nice light action, and if you snag into a chart, it's always fun with a light action pole to to play, especially with river fish. But it, yeah, it gets a little hairy.
0: So you said a lot of ptarmigan, so it's good ptarmigan yeah. hunting. It is. That's cool. You're I've been to places fun. with ptarmigan, but I've never been somewhere with like tons of them. I don't think.
2: Yeah, and you might actually be in the in the time frame for berries as well. It's um, going to be looking awesome. At the calendar here. You might be on the backside of berries, but.
0: Which raises the question Grizzlies.
2: Yep. Should I bring so a sidearm
0: yeah. or a spray? Uh,
2: you can. It, it's, it's up to you. Uh, I, me personally, I don't ever go out without one, uh, without a sidearm. Uh, but that's just, that's just me. Uh, you don't have to. You can bring spray if you want. We don't typically, we've never had issues with Grizz as far as like. With clients, I I have had a couple incidences where meat has been stolen from you know tundra brush or meat poles. Mm-hmm. If you can build a meat pole, and, and I've had clients that have built meat poles just by uh, wash down uh, from wood on, oh, on nice. the river. Um, it because it's so flat, and that's the only thing I can really think about because there's no cover. Your grizzlies really don't want anything to do with you, just like you don't want anything to do with them. Right. Yeah. So, as long as you're not trying to pet them or take close pictures and do all the shenanigans, of course, stay away from them, they're going to leave you alone. So, they're um, polite
0: grizzlies because they know yeah. that they're hunted, probably.
2: Yeah. I, I think there's just no cover for them. So, it makes them uneasy to move yeah. in. Your sense there, uh, keep your meat close to camp. Right. So, don't put it two, three hundred, four hundred yards away from Yeah. Camp. That's just inviting that's problems. That's inviting them to yeah. come right. Keep it close to camp. Yeah. Uh, And then just normal routine maintenance on your camp, right. Keep your food put away and just all the normal things that you would do. And you shouldn't run into any issues at all.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've had a little bit of experience with Grizzlies only in Alaska, never the lower 48 ones, which I think are probably more dangerous because they're not allowed to be killed. Um, but that's a separate issue. But, um, yeah, every time I've seen them, they're like, they have any idea you're there, they're gone. And like, so, um, that's cool, man. I'm just I'm getting pumped, dude. Just about the whole thing, like just hearing about it. Like it's gonna be an awesome trip, I think.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, whether so harvest animals or not, man. I think you're gonna. Enjoy oh, it. dude, it's gonna be an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. Even if we just kill ptarmigan and catch some fish, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. see some caribou, it would be a sick trip. But um, yeah, um, okay. I do have a couple gear questions, like kind of rapid fire. So you know, we're talking about we're in this transition time. Uh, you think a 15 degree bag will still do it, or should we spring for the zero?
2: Uh, if you haven't bought a bag yet, um,
0: I, I have 15 you. and a zero. So,
2: Oh, okay. Um, I think you're 50. It depends on, it depends on you. Do you run hot? Right. Like I, for me, I run hot internal, like core temperature. Right. So yeah. for me, a 15 degree bag would work just fine. If you're cold routinely, your zero degree is probably what you're going to want. And that way you can peel it off of you if you need, if need be. Yeah. I uh, usually
0: like this. Sl- like you can always sleep in your puffies too. I mean, and the bag, yeah, that's yeah, usually absolutely. pretty.
2: I think your 15 would be fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it just depends on your personal preference and what you again back to if you're cold routinely or easily cold or yeah. if you're um, if if you run hot and that's is, that's the
0: is there enough washdown to be a legitimate fire source not for like a bonfire but like a small cooking fire or something uh kind of a random question but yeah
2: yes and no (laughs) you may have to walk a little ways for it okay
0: yeah we'll find some Uh, but but it's not like a lot like substantial amounts everywhere okay no
2: yeah um I. you can burn tundra brush find some of the dead tundra brush it is everything's wet for the most part right
0: unless you unless
2: you're up there and you're blessed and it's been sunny for days uh which doesn't happen very often yeah
0: Um, and the caribou might not stop might be moving right
2: so (laughs) tundra brush will burn but it takes a lot to get it going
0: yeah okay so waiters or some type of over boot or hip boots or something what do you think uh, or just hiking boots good hiking boots
2: so i think good hiking boots and a pair of gaiters would be fine waiters okay. I, I that's again that's up to you um I. I if you were going person. to go hunting for I eight days back I, there
0: do you wear waiters no okay i
2: but i despise walking in waiters because you chafed and right. So when you're walking, yeah. so multiply that by four, five, six miles, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so a good pair of hiking boots uh and uh a pair of gators would work just fine.
0: Perfect. I'm glad you said that because I hate wearing waders too. Me too. Yep. Um <laughs> let's see.
1: I I got a quick one here. Go for it. It's my favorite one to ask, especially outfitters and guides. What do we need in what I would call our MacGyver bag? random little things like yes. you know like whether it's duct tape whether it's like hey like these are a couple things that might keep your camp together you know especially I, in alaska
2: yeah so 550 cord uh and i i tell you a bic lighter um always got and those then, and then some sort of some sort of uh first aid gear uh be it gauze or uh ace strap i I'd, I'd honestly tell you gauze and ace strap
0: uh just No, what's that ace wrap? You said. What is that? Like an ace, ace wrap, wrap yeah. the, the
2: elastic. Wrap. Oh,
0: ace wrap. Okay, I got yeah, you, got ace you. Wrap. Okay. Um, what? Okay. And then,
2: uh, you duct tape never hurts, right? That's yeah. you can fix everything
0: with duct tape. Yeah. Uh, between. I like to coil like tape, half a little roll around my like trekking pole. It's just always there.
2: Yeah. Yep. And then you know what I'm talking about with the 550 cord, right? The
0: green. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Pair, pair I cord. literally yeah. always have that in my yep. gear.
2: Yeah, always. Uh, uh, I think that would that would pretty much suffice. I'm, obviously, you're going to have a knife on you, I would hope. Uh, multiples. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So you've got knife between a knife, 550 cord, Come on, dude. This isn't our first hunt, man. I, <laughs> <So> <laughs> knife, life. I've been hunting all my life, bro. Have, right? <laughs> so, uh, but that's really – I think that's about it. Rifles. Like, 550 cord and duct tape and a knife, you're, you can fix damn near anything. Right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a, that's a good question, though. I mean, because that, that is something I was I was talking. I did another podcast with um, Eric Chesser, one of the guys from Hush, who was on this when I was yeah. just watching um, to get a feel for stuff. And uh, he's he's kind of a buddy of mine. And um, he did bring two good points up, which I definitely am going to take is a small, like, backpacking cot and, like, a glassing chair because there's nothing to, like, sit on or, like, really right. sleep on. That tundra so uneven and stuff.
2: Right. Yeah, that'd be good.
0: Um, anything else, though, that like kind of similar to John's question, but that like stuff that you wouldn't normally take on a lower 48 hunt, but like, oh, you kind of need this here kind of deal.
2: You need layers. That's important. Right. And, and we've already talked about the weather. Right. Yeah. So you're going to see you may see everything from 55 degrees to, I mean, worst case scenario, you're looking at teens or single digits. Right. If yeah. if, if something blows in. That would be um, But I I tell everybody if you're gonna spend money layers are easy to do, if you're gonna spend money on anything a solid pair of boots, and wet weather gear, Um, Mm -hmm. Hook swears by PVC wet wet weather gear right like but it's loud you're you're not like the
0: Fisher commercial fishing stuff oh yeah like the yellow
1: like Grundins Yeah. yeah it's
2: phenomenal but if you don't have good wet weather gear you're gonna be wet. Which means like your co- which he means hunts your in message. that
0: stuff too, or just for driving no, the boat and stuff? Yeah, I was gonna say, boat, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, he doesn't hunt in it. But uh, what good wet weather yeah. gear is your key? because yeah. that's, that's your saving <laughs> grace. And it's always windy up there, and wet weather can it protects you from that wind?
0: Yeah, uh, so. That's one of the things that, like, you must invest in for Alaska is, like, staying dry.
2: (laughs) Right. Everything else is layers. And layers can – to to be honest, layers can come from Walmart. You don't need fancy stuff. Layers are layers, right? Good layers. But
1: invest in wet weather gear. Invest in good boots.
0: That's good advice. Good advice. What
1: a – this is kind of unique to us versus the normal client, but obviously the extended stay out there, we're running all of our camera gear and everything off solar. You know, what's the, is it, they're going to be one sunny day. Is there going to be two hours of sun a day? (laughs) Could be
0: none ever.
1: Yeah. It could be none,
0: (laughs) but Uh, those solar panels actually charge pretty decent, even like in a fairly over, at least mine do the anchor ones charge pretty well in like overcast days anyway. And honestly, I bring like 10 a seven S batteries. I never even really need solar. I bring a bunch of bags. Yeah. I think and, and I thought about and
1: as we're starting to, you know, fill up our pack and you know, you're looking at, you know, three meals, two to three meals a day for 10 days. I mean, those Dude, are that's a lot where... of food.
0: That's 20 pounds of food at least. Yeah.
1: And so when we're starting, that is the number one thing that I'm trying to figure out, you know, camera batteries, monitor batteries, whatever it may be, those are the easiest way to add 5 to 10 pounds and fill up a bag. For so... sure.
0: Well, the good thing is we're going to at least I think my and tell me Jeremy, if this you know, I think this is a good plan. just we can ca- we can carry a decent amount of stuff in as long as we're within the guidelines and, and set up a decent base camp pretty close to the river. Now the thing to consider is we also also have to float out with everything, which would be also meat. Um, but we won't have 20 pounds of food. Theoretically, we'll be meat anyway. Um, we'll be down 20 pounds of food. but I got um, these Alpaca raft Rangers to test and they're like the biggest one they make and we and so yeah Yeah. i talked to the guys at weatherby who also did this hunt uh luke over there and uh they did it with um the alpaca mules and so but anyway long story short i have on loan from alpaca raft a set of mules and a set of um rangers i tested the mules it seemed a little small for me honestly like if you because You know, I'm thinking about bringing the amount of gear. It's a pretty gear heavy trip. So I'm going to have like a Yeti, like a 100 pound panga. I mean, 100 liter panga and a like 7,900 stone glacier pack and hopefully be able to fit everything in there. You know, I was going to ask you, Jeremy, do you think we could carry like, could I keep my pack raft out of my? Because I know you have like guidelines of like one, I think it's one 120 liter uh, dry bag and then one. could you yeah, cut us a little slack like, since we won't have coolers and stuff?
2: We we can. Um what I what I ask is obviously we're putting everything on a boat so as condensed as possible. Yeah. Right? So hundred and twenty liter bag. Uh if you're if your frame pack or your backpack can fit in there, great. If it can't strap to it. Oh um, yeah, it won't.
0: Right. I don't and think. then
2: <laughs> if, if you need to peek I mean, the alpaca rafts are not huge.
0: No, For even me. the ranger is only like probably this yeah. big and like this big around. Right.
2: So if you've got a way that we can, that you can consolidate it all on a one, right? So 120 liter bag, frame pack on top, alpaca raft behind that, zip tied or 550 corded too. So it's all one okay. compact thing to put on the boat. That's easier. Okay. Uh, uh, but we it's again, doable. we go, we, we do the, you know, that 70 pounds per person, uh, but you're bringing your own gear. So without including the drop camp, we allow more flexibility when it comes to that.
0: Right, right. okay. okay. cool. that would be good. So yeah, I think as long I as think... you're not
2: showing up with 500 pounds of crap, right? Then... No, no. Like
0: <laughs> like I said, I'm <laughs> very cognizant the of the fact that I have to float out the stuff and I yeah. already had one- ex- well, I had one scary experience with the pack raft and one very scary experience with the pack raft. So I'm like overly cautious. and I'm uh, hopefully the water will be pretty chill. It be sounds okay. like it will be yeah
2: yeah. yeah you should be okay
0: yeah um cool man um there's one other thing i was gonna ask do you have any other qu- questions john we're coming up on an hour you know i don't want to spend too much of your time here guys but um i think that was most of the stuff i wanted to ask do you have any more questions john man i just i, th-
1: I think you know one of the things that i love you know, anything, you know, we talk gear, we talk specifications. I'm, I'm trying to drill you on getting strategy when the strategy is just
0: there's the yeah, chaos,
1: there's no um, strategy you know, what, <laughs> like, just in your words, like, what's the beautiful thing about this hunt? What do you enjoy most about, you know, this specific scenario? What makes it different? I mean, you're closest to it, mm. you know, what's the gemstone of this experience? I, I, like I think it. the
2: gemstone of this experience is you're hunting a migratory animal, which doesn't really happen for most hunts, right? Mo- it, and so it it is the the strategy that doesn't exist, hmm. and that's the piece, right? You're going to Alaska, you've got great fishing, you've got beautiful country, um, and and you really have to put the work and effort into, into finding the caribou. Now, don't get me wrong, they could walk right through your camp, you wake up in the morning to get up, brush your teeth and go to the bathroom and shoot a caribou at camp. But that That's not an unrealistic situation. It, and I've had plenty of people that have shot beautiful caribou standing at their camp door. Yeah. And I've had others that have had to walk 15 miles, right? To find them. It It's that uncertainty of them being there and, and really having to put the work into a migration, migratory animal that has so many variables based on weather, um, based on the distance they have to travel, based on, right? So it it's, it's really a whole balled up experience versus, you know, sitting in a tree stand waiting on a buck that you've patterned for the last year. For sure, or, dude. You know, uh, or, I which I've never elk hunted, but elk hunting uh, in an area you know where they're at or trying to, you know. I think it varies to that. It's almost like an elk hunt in an essence, right? They're not a migratory animal, but you're walking all over God's creation trying to find the elk. Yeah. Um, But the great part that I think that the, the part about caribou though, is you may walk all over God's creation to find a caribou. And when you see it, it'd be gone as fast as he was there. Yeah. Now you're, now you're back to square one. Um, So it's, it's that whole experience of, of being up there and, and that uncertainty and, and not being able to pattern the animal. Uh, so it really puts your hunting skills to, to, to the test.
0: It's really enjoying the experience, realizing you can't really control it, but at the same time putting out maximal yeah. effort. Yeah. Um. so that's good. And that's it's
2: really going to put your hunting skills to the test on that one.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of one reason why I liked getting in there closer to the, the Brooks is because hopefully with, or that other spot I sent you a pin for that was like, I think it was like 35 miles up. just there's a at least some topography to like at least have a vantage to like you know see as much as you can you know what i mean
2: yeah and it's big country up there right Right. and there's still topography that's the crazy part and you and until you're up there and get to see it you don't quite realize how vast and how big the country is Hmm. um i can take you straight off the boat launch Five miles back, or you could walk straight off the boat launch five miles back across the tundra, and you're going to hit small hills of 100 feet, 200 feet, right? Yeah. Just some, some it, and it's going to get you up. But from the road, it all looks flat. It's like a sea. Into, correct. Until you're up there. Uh, and it is very vast. When you get into topography, as you're stating, it's big country, right? So you're really starting to get into climbing. Yeah, uh, Though it's not mountainous, but
0: you're, do you remember you're that climbing I s- bigger hills. Do you remember that pen I sent you that was like 35-ish miles in? And it was just like yeah. some really small little are – are those yeah. big? They
2: are. Oh, they're, really? They're not as small as you think they are. <laughs> they look <They're>, small. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> you know, That's why I said when you get there, you'll think back to this and be like, ah. Oh, <laughs> it's it. always
0: bigger than it looks on the maps no matter what. But Alaska yeah. is like next level.
2: It is. Correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. So That's cool, the, man.
2: The topography is hard to know until you've just <laughs> been there. It's it's hard to look at on a map. It's hard to look at even on Onyx. Yeah. Like, Onyx is great. It's just hard to understand the vastness of it up there. Yeah.
0: We'd be able to see the Brooks like, almost certainly, oh, yeah. or depends on if you're oh, yeah. close enough.
2: Oh, no, no. You'll see them. You'll see them no matter what. It, no doubt. Yeah. It, yeah. You'll see it as soon as you leave Prudhoe. You can't miss it.
0: That's no. cool. Yeah. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Like,
1: this is just you know, just listening to it i mean obviously living in these world the world that we're in now of like youtube and like the technic like the technical level of all different types of hunting of elk hunting and calling and animal behavior and like like this is the most run and gun instinctual like it's the equalizer how you started out yeah like how you started <laughs> out hunting you're like oh i didn't yeah. know how to use a a, a mouth read like you know i yeah. wasn't very good at reading the behavior i was just using instincts wind whatever it may be yep. um so i love you know for as anal as we can get on stuff i love the freedom that <laughs> <Yeah>. it, it <laughs> it's is like truly, all right
0: it, at the end of the it day it's on them
2: stock like that's that yeah. really is it is you that's it you work hard to find them and then you work hard to stalk them it, yep. it is truly a good spot and stock hunt that, and that's it
0: that's awesome, man! Well, it sounds like an amazing Bob, experience, man. dude. Yeah, it's gonna be so cool just being in that environment at that time of year, seeing the seasons change, the migration, hopefully coming through. You know, the ptarmigan, the wolves. Do you see wolves pretty frequently?
2: Yes. Okay. Um, getting a getting a shot at a wolf is a yes, different story. Right, for um, sure. I honestly, this last year, I had our first wolf harvested. Not the first person that seen one had lots, but of first time. one
0: actually got one
2: first one harvested and i'll tell you it's worth it if you i have a tag already there you go put a tag in your pocket i think we had this conversation right it's a yeah it's like 60 bucks or something 60 yeah why not because the day that you don't have it is the day that you're going to see one and have an opportunity to shoot it um well here's a
1: here's a fun fact fun fact for you hunter i've got a pretty high content wolf dog and i've got some pretty good wolf calls out of it so i might be able to uh call one in for you're gonna scare
0: away the caribou bro
1: there you go. No. <laughs> it'll, be, hey, it'll be the third tag punched.
0: There okay, there we go. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um all right, there's cool, a yeah.
2: Wolverine up there. You might get an okay. opportunity to see. I wouldn't put that tag in your pocket. I think it's a three hundred fifty dollar tag. Oh wow, yeah. They're, no. they're they're very sparse. Uh they're hard to see. But we have had a couple people harvest wool or uh, um
0: wolverines. Wolverines. Wow.
2: But in the state of Alaska you can use your caribou tag on subsequent tag right right.
0: but you can't use the wolf because it's cheaper
2: no because it's correct so you can't use the wolf tag on the wolverine but you can use your caribou tag so if it's of
0: higher monetary value you can use it for the lower
2: correct so our wolverines that have been harvested were were just that they were in a hunting party that Uh. had harvested caribou they used their tag to harvest the wolverine everybody just shakes me
0: Um, interesting okay see i would never kill a wolverine over an ungulate if i had the choice but that's just me
2: but I mean, how, wh- when have you ever seen a
0: wolverine? No, it's not that. It's just like I just value the animal <laughs> yeah. and the meat so much more. They yeah. would just no. I, like you know what I mean. I wouldn't. I'd be yeah. like, oh, cool, a wolverine. Yeah. I don't know. Take a picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a cool animal. So what all just... are this?
1: What what all are the species that your clients have punch tags on in this region? You know, obviously the equal or lesser value. Have we kind of gone through them? Are those kind of the That's core it. three? Yep,
2: that's the core three. Yep. Um, you're too far north for black bear, though. You may occasionally see them. They may they may get up there. Um, and ptarmigan. Don't forget the ptarmigan. Yep, ptarmigan. <laughs> yeah. Black bears not. They're delicious, dude. Um, and then you're gonna see grizz, but in the state of Alaska, you have to be guided as a non-resident for grizzly.
0: Yep. Unless it's charging you.
2: <laughs> well.
1: <we're
0: laughs> uh, that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, Let's not wish it.
0: Yeah, let's not open you've that a, Pandora's box.
2: Yeah, yeah, you have you, got a great hunting partner with a camera, so he might be able to prove that it's charging to you or charging you. But, right. Yeah, but that's
0: that. a like I was joking, but that is honestly like the worst case scenario because that is right. a hunt-ending event and a, just a terrible. You don't you don't want to kill a grizzly unless you know you're hunting them. Absolutely. Um, so you, anyway, but that was just a joke
1: you'd get to see and hear from me a lot more as we went through the three months of legalese afterwards. <laughs>
0: that's true. But no, it'd be in, in all seriousness though. No, it'd be cool to see some grizzly. I hope we do and get some footage, yeah. but um, that'd be about, that'd be that. That'd be that. Hope, yeah, you, know, you know, that's all yeah. you want. You should, really,
2: see, you should see yeah. some muskox while you're up there. As oh, well. cool. That'd be so epic. That'd, that'd be a good very experience. cool.
0: Yeah. Never any moose in this area, huh? So
2: towards towards the Brooks. Yeah. They just opened it up as a draw tag this last year. Oh, it's a
0: draw tag. Uh, okay.
2: So, um, it hasn't been opened in I think 10 or 15 years, but the moose is it a good, is a good hunt up there. Year, it's getting a little better. Um, but it, it's more towards the Brooks. Yeah. versus. So, uh, so if, if we can get you that 65 miles or 60 miles down I you're going to be in some moose country.
0: Okay. So maybe one day if I draw that, you guys can take me up there for Moose. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, like I said, I don't want to take too much of everybody's time, but um, thanks, Jeremy. And if, you know, you're booked pretty far out, but I guess if people want to reach you, what's the best way to find out about uh, Dead Horse?
2: Yeah. So you can get us on our website, deadhorseoutfitters.com, or you can call me at 907-669-2280. Give me your
0: number on air. Brave man. There you go. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Give us a call. We'll chat. That's what I do. Uh, Cool. Communicate with people. So uh, absolutely. And it's on our website as well.
1: It's a whole lot easier to book a hunt three or four years out versus getting those eight to 10 years of points.
0: Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Good way of putting it, man. Yeah. So yeah. Get your hunt in now, I guess. Um, Or just don't so that I can go more
2: yeah well our 2026 <laughs> calendar opens the first of october so
0: okay I'm, uh, we'll start, we'll start you
2: know, booking one october for 26
0: yeah. i'll have just enough time to think about it you know i'll put yeah. it on my calendar
2: it'll be just enough time for you to be out of the woods and excited to book another one
0: exactly all <laughs> right man yeah. well it's good talking to you dude thanks again man as well yeah um john hang out for one second after so we can talk production nerd stuff
2: let's do it all right guys. <laughs> thanks jeremy Appreciate you. all right buddy all right. All catch right. you later. Great meeting you. Yeah. All, right. All right. You as well.